started. Um, okay. Um, hey, everyone. Uh, welcome to episode eight of Getting to Know Your Community. I am Will. Uh, I work in Web3 as well, but today we're here to talk to PD, um, who's been involved uh, in the blockchain space for, uh, I think, quite a while. Uh, so uh, uh, welcome, PD. Thanks for having me, Will. Cheers. Yeah. Thanks, great to have you here. So um, you've had quite a bit of experience, uh, I think, in, in a whole number of fields. So I'm really curious about um, your journey into Web3, uh, what got you here, uh, you know, what, what were the touch points, what got you super interested? Like, uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, yeah, the Norris, thanks, Will. So yeah, to give you a bit of context, so I'm coming from the TradFi. So um, I graduated back in 2008, nine uh, years. So during the global financial crisis, so I did accounting and commercial law. That was my majors. Uh, but as you know, the, during the you know the during the the time, it wasn't that easy to like you know, get into much of uh, accounting and finance companies. As you know, there was plenty of um, uh, experienced people out there in the market, like looking for even entry roles, right? Yeah, that was, so, the worst, but, that was the worst time to graduate, I think. Yeah, to yeah. be honest, that was actually, so I had to like probably do like, I think 350, some sort of application before I actually got my first job with the, the CBA. Uh, mm-hmm. From there, I was being around the banking and finance for good, uh, I would say 12 to 13 years doing different things, uh, going from accounting services to payments, to cyber, to blockchain and everything, right? Um, the first um, time I actually heard about anything about Bitcoin and blockchain was back in probably 2013. So I have a good friend uh, who is now the CTO um, in my Gemini IO, uh, uh, the marketplace as well. He sent me a white paper of the Satoshi's Bitcoin white paper. Okay. Uh, at that time, I was riding high on the, my career as a TradFi world. I looked at yeah. it. I didn't understand actually much of it, to be honest. I look at Merkle trees, noms and everything. I'm like, oh, this is a lot of technical jargons. This is like another cyberpunk kind of like a world. So I kind of dismissed it. Uh, but looking at the hindsight, but at the same time, like it's good in a way because at, at that time, it wasn't that easy to buy cryptocurrencies as well. They were like, you know, the only place I think I knew where to buy was Mount Gox. Yep. So if I went with that, anyway, I would have lost the money. So <laughs> in, in, the, in that, that regard, I'm not really what you call that. Too uh, uh, worried about it, only you know, losing my uh, sleep for it. Uh, but then again, back in 2017, um, so while I was working for the the, the, the financial institution I was referring to, uh, they did a bit of research around um, how the the blockchain and the, the cryptocurrencies could disrupt the the financial markets and you know things like that. So I don't want to get into too detail into what were the projects were because you know it's all private. Um, and probably I've signed some NDAs as well. But during that process, I get to understand what's actually is rather than just reading the white paper. Um, I had to do like a multiple reading. And that time, like, you know, the, the financial institution having a multiple private uh, mm-hmm. partnership as well. So you got to, you know, experience about R3 quotas, XRPs and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I see the, how this value is kind of created, right? So I think um, one of the main thing when you're actually talking about the, the blockchain and cryptocurrencies, people ask, okay, what's the value for you know, proposition you're creating it? So what does that mean is like, you know, is it making anything cost like cheaper, right? Any, any making any faster or better, right? So those are the questions like we ask among ourselves as well, like you know, how can blockchain come, you know? So mm-hmm. is it like a fancy technology just to, you know, get some uh, market 
kind of like a what do you call traction like a media gig kind of a thing or is it actually like you know solving problems so that's how actually really get into deep to understand like you know to the bitcoin specifically because at that time like you know, the mother of cryptocurrency is like you know how the block is created how what is the cryptography like you know doing all that stuff so that's that's how i actually moved from the the trad to you know the DeFi. i wouldn't call it DeFi, you know cryptocurrencies or the blockchain yeah. space well that's really interesting so um initially uh a friend uh got you to look at bitcoin and i do have a similar story in that i think it was 2008 or 9 a friend gave me a the Bitcoin white paper, and I looked at it and I went very early. Yeah, very early. And I look at it and I go, what, what is this? This is just math. I don't understand what the hell is going on here. And it wasn't until 2017, I think, where I got my interest. But I think the part of your story that's pretty interesting is um, a friend gets you to look at Bitcoin. And then what happens is now it's an institution that says you really... <laughs> really want to get into this and understand it and so that's how you got that's how you got into it um so so did the uh did the institution see it as a threat or as something that they could on board like what was your thinking why were they so interested in uh well, well well the world is not binary right it's not zero one it's like you know, sometimes threat sometimes opportunity so people want to know when there's a new technology or new terms comes into play uh, more than anything, just to understand it, like, you know, from their perspective, like, you know, is it going to disrupt the, what it is or mm. can we use it as an opportunity, right? So that's kind of like, you know, it was a very agnostic kind of approach yeah. to see how this, you know, technology plays out in their long-term plan. Yeah, interesting, interesting. And then, so so that was you doing it for the uh, institution. Like, what, what sparked the interest for you? So you must have been doing it for the institution, um, and then, you know, you must have come to a point where you, you kind of got that, aha, like, I get uh-huh. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, no, I, I get it. Yeah, that, that's that's a good question, right? Because, I mean, I did accounting. So Luca Pacioli, the, the 14th century mathematician who bought the, the double entry system, right? So then during this process of, like, you know, researching and understanding technology, I understood, okay, there's no, there's, there's a better way than double entry system, right? There is a way that, you know, universally, like, you know, people can know what are these transactions are from the auditability traceability perspective. That's that's great, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I was kind of like, you know, kind of like a pondering around it for a while as well, even though I had the aha moment, mm-hmm. I didn't see an application that I can actually get out from the institution and kind of like what I was doing to start my own thing or like, you know, to have a 100% passion for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but during the DeFi summer, because I was still at the, you know, working on the, back in finance well so the whole the curve finance everything like you know started coming in mm. and i was gobsmacked by some of these apys these are guys that are kind of creating so i was trying to like you know at some point with moments i was actually reading these white papers i'm thinking am i dumb to like not to understand this shit or you know what's <laughs> what's going on here right like after all these doing yeah. things like you know i'm starting to come up with every you know, different term terminologies jargons um very mm. high you know tokenomics i'm like what's going on like you know then then I took a step back and I kind of like thought, okay, how, how these are created, blah, blah, blah. So then I saw an opportunity, like, you know, to give you a bit of context, um, I'm coming from a third world European country. So I was born in Sri Lanka, mm-hmm. right? So I moved here to Melbourne uh, back in early 2007 to do the university and pretty much finish the studies and go back, right? Mm-hmm. So 
born and raised in a country of you know third world European country, um, understanding like the currency, the money supplies, economic concepts. Mm. I saw this as an opportunity to like you know kind of like a bridge some of those needs that's there currently not being fulfilled, right? Mm. So everyone has the reason like you know, they get engaged in the the cryptocurrencies or the Web three world or decentralized finance. They have their own personal journey. So that was my personal journey. So I saw I saw. There is opportunity to bridge that, like you know, as you know, like you know, most of the people in living on those countries doesn't have the opportunity to, um, especially retail investors doesn't have the opportunity, to, like you know, um, participate in the global financial system mm. because of the, either the currency limitations, like you know, the kind of capital controls, or not having the the knowledge, or mm. not having access to the resource. So that's where I got myself interested. So hence, I did that move uh, during the pandemic. I pretty much left my uh, banking financial role. To move into the DeFi world, fantastic! Yeah, fantastic. And I think it's like um, it's it's us. I think uh, and, you know the community in general who's really involved in startups, uh, working in those startups, uh, building all of these things. And it's all about composability, and it's all about um, so we're all working towards one goal. And I think it's financial liberation. You know, it's almost like, uh, so I, I didn't grow up in the West uh, either. And so, uh, but I think we're fortunate in that our countries have uh, fairly fairly strong currencies. But then, uh, you know, look at Zimbabwe, uh, places like that where uh, ex- they're experiencing runaway inflation. You know, these people get paid in, in this currency uh, that will be worth less a couple of days later. You know, like it's like in these countries, it's even hard to keep up with the price of bread, you know. So I think that yeah. the things that uh, I think you're right in that, um, like it's a great opportunity and it acts as uh, almost like a secondary economy, almost like uh, uh, like an exit point for people who need to. And we just need to create these tools to enable them to uh you know, access those spaces, you know, financial inclusion, uh, banking, uh, would be like, so yeah, for example, making it easier for, um, yeah, people to access financial services who would otherwise be unable to with the regular financial system, I think. But saying that will, right, like that, that's a, the, you know, the whole libertarian side of us, like, you know, you know, speak, you know, yell out inside saying, hey, we need the equal access to all those things. But being a realist at some time as well, like, you know, having a bit of a financial background and economic background. So I'm thinking, look, the financial literacy is something that we've been trying to give it to people since like, I don't know, from the dawn of, you know, the concept of finance. But it is something not many people want to like learn as well. It kind of like stresses people out so they they don't have that literacy. Mm-hmm. Even we go into this DeFi world thinking like, you know, it creates this opportunity, but the education has to go in hand in hand. And mm-hmm. looking at our previous experience in this in, in this whole side of the world, it's not that easy. Like you know, getting someone to like you know to have a look at the budget, understanding the tokenomics, these are all like you know not really simple concepts. Mm-hmm. Um, someone having probably invest thousand dollars, you know, asking him to go through the the transparency of the smart contract to understand the tokenomics, uh, the the supplies, you know, the vesting and all that stuff is is not really practically the current format so mm-hmm. it is a it is a challenge so obviously we are in the embryonic kind of like a stage in the DeFi, and, mm-hmm. and there's a long way for us to go 
but mm. we have to start with from somewhere so that that's where we are so if, so i don't think we are in a place that you know we can say hey that here the d5 retail come come join us this um, whole liberation but yeah. it's a step by step process it's a lot of work to be done um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of like pivots has to happen as industry as well before we get there so that's kind of like you know my thought process around it oh, oh yeah 100% and not only that so we're talking about uh, uh, people who have who haven't had access to crypto but then uh, there's there's a lot of people who have had heaps of access to crypto but it's still really hard to um, understand the tokenomics you know uh, case in point um, Luna you know, there's a couple of, uh, I think, fairly intelligent people, um, maybe including the founders themselves, who had created this whole uh, token uh, that, you know, just crashed in a number of days. Um, some of us could see it before it happened, but there's others who couldn't. And I guess you're right that there is that challenge in education. Um, and, you know, I just wonder, like, you know, how, how do you think... Um, what do you think is the best way to uh, like create this education to to give users you know this is this is what you need to look at at least when you're evaluating a token do you think there's an easy way um, or a way even um, you know see that that that's the question that's that's a billion dollar question right like and if you look at from the, the market perspective, if you look at global equity market is probably about 80 million, 80 trillion dollars, right? Mm-hmm. The global bonds and the debt market is around 250 trillion dollars. And the cryptocurrency is like probably just under trillion dollars at the moment after the whole bear market going through, right? Mm-hmm. So it is, it is like to get to there. So there has to be some sort of a structures need to you know, come into play. Like I said, we can't expect this, you know, generic retail investor who doesn't have financial background to mm. do all this work. Because mm. if you are, if you're expecting him to do that work, that means you are failing as a system, right? Mm. So this, if we are, if we are again creating this all, you know, the um, predator-prey dynamics in another market sets, mm. uh, what's the point of it, right? So we want to do it better. So, so during this journey, there are gonna be like, you know, events like. Celsius. There are going to be events like Three Arrow Capital. There's going to be like you know Luna Foundation. Obviously, some of the ones we we actually saw this coming, like especially from the from you know looking at this their tokenomics, looking understanding the normal economics of you know how the value works. So you could have seen this happening. But yeah. then again, like you know, for example, like you know, I think I probably had a bit of conversation on the our Discord channel as well. Like Susu and Alex Vashensky, they are not amateurs, right? They, they are not people you would expect them to like, you know, some people obviously don't. Even if you go to a prison and ask someone, you know, a person who actually murdered someone, he will be able to rationalize how, why we did it, right? You know, why he did it or whatever, right? Yeah. Because that's how the, the normal, the, the psychological side of it works. But mm. these people are not that people. These are people who actually been like, you know, been running trading firms, running the entrepreneurship for a while, right? But still they were failed. But, you know, mm-hmm. is that because of there was no consequences for them to like, you know, like you know, comparatively, like you know, it's a similar situation happened like with the door corn. Mm-hmm. Would he be, be like, you know, able to walk freely and start another Luna 2.0, right? Well, yeah. you know, this whole, if you look yeah. at from the, the banking financial side of it, which I'm coming from, there's, there's legislation, bail legislation, things like that. Which is keep the the management accountable for some of the decisions, and you know could even end up going to the jail, right? Mm-hmm. So did they took these high leverages, understanding the contagion risk? Like you know, was there really mm-hmm. didn't 
thought this through or because they, they knew that there was no consequences, right? Yeah. So all are these like, you know, the questions that, you know, we have to answer ourselves. Um, yeah. Again, this is an giant experiment. Like, you know, so if, if we should never like, you know, kind of like, you know, promote ourselves. So, you know, anything we do as like saying, hey, it's a, it's a risk-free kind of like an investment yeah. scheme. This is an asset class which is growing and progressing. Mm. So you have to take it that value. So you have to be careful, like you know what you can put it. So if you if you can't afford to like you know lose what you're putting in, then definitely you should be playing in this space I, I, because I think that's there's the so many one. whales and sharks. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the number one rule. Uh, what do you think about um, investment DAOs? So I, I've seen a few DAOs out there that do their uh, their research, uh, and then of course. You can caveat that by saying that you have to trust um, a group of people. I think they do vote. I think they do vote on what they want to uh, uh, allocate next to their treasury. Um, like, what do you think about that in terms of making it an easier way uh, for uh, users who are interested in holding onto crypto? Um, you know, for interest, for a little bit of investment, for a little bit of exiting. Uh, like uh, sovereign currencies, what do you think about investment DAOs as a start towards that process? Yeah, before I say that, I have to say a ton of these, you know, conversation is the financial advice. This is just for the education of the We have to agree that this is definitely not financial advice. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't want to be caught up in this. Yeah, 100%. Because it's, it's, it's ultimately my personal opinion, only like, you know, there's less than even 100%, like, you know, why I work or anything like that. Mm. Um, so look, idea is good right the, but the problem is in the mm -hmm. finance like you know one on one is like the personal circumstances that's why you actually you know hire these financial advisors or anything as mm -hmm. such right mm -hmm. um so your financial circumstances were very different to mine right you know i have mm -hmm. two kids like you know i have a young family you know um this is my how much i take this is my expenses so are these like you know really considering all these things probably not right this is going to be well, from what i'm hearing and what it sounds like it's like a managed fund right Hmm. So, you know, in a trad five world, right, the people collectively like inputted money and someone, some people on behalf of these people investing it, right? Yeah. Um, so there is like, you know, these kind of like, you know, financial securities, you know, finance system existing in the trad five world, right? Hmm. So, so similar things is currently like doing through these investment DAOs and stuff like, you know, so, hmm. so even like back in 2007, seen the whole DAO hack with Ethereum. So yeah. that's that, right? Yeah, that, that so went, when, that when, <laughs> yeah, that was a terrible. That was uh, yeah. It, it, that forced Ethereum to fork, right? And uh, I, I guess, yeah. yeah. And then the, there was Ethereum Classic and Ethereum, um, Ethereum, which is today, right? Yeah, yeah. point or whatever you call yeah. it, right? So, <laughs> so it's it's much created. So look, I think it's ideology wise, it's it's it makes sense, but I think people have to consider their personal situations mm -hmm. because even at a DAO stage, like you know. I mean, I'm not like, you know, like I don't want to be claim expect expertise into DAO like structures and stuff. Like, you know, if you speak to someone like in our Discord community, like, you know, Elise will, will have a bit, bit more, um, bit more thought through, I, you know, I, you know, I, you know, kind of like a process to it, but mm -hmm. in where I stand it, it's, it's, it's a powerful concept. Like even if you look at from the constitution DAO, right? 40 million people coming together, obviously didn't the way you know, as you know, they were intended but it's a collective you know kind of like you know people coming together like the power of people right mm -hmm. so if you look at remember from the wall street bets to everything like that right so that's that's that shows something there's energy to it there's a collective like an effort to it but 
how do you like manage it? Like, especially like, you know, people like you and me, like, you know, we have jobs to do like day to day. We have families to, are we actively, can, can I be actively involved mm. in a decision-making process, right? What is my incentives? These mm. are like, you know, not simple questions because, mm. you know, there's, there's game theories attached to it. There's tokenomics attached to it. There's psychological attached to it. So if, if one day someone can come to a, like, you know, to find a good solution, great. Mm. But um, it's, it's again, like, you know, these are all, new concept right so new concept mm-hmm. trying it out there's there's mm-hmm. there's def- definitely probability like you know things go wrong as things go right right mm-hmm. but as long as you know people doing with a kind of a, like you know guarded launches guarded like you know approaches i think it's, it's it's very um it's very healthy to have these kind of like conversation because that's how the the, the as a as a human race we evolve right to taking yeah. like you know um taking um risk which is kind of calculated yeah, and I think uh, I, I love the word that you use, evolve, and it's almost like uh, that the blockchain is, is what the blockchain is, it's created this insane incentive mechanism for all sorts of people to come together and then just try things. And, you know, a lot of those things uh, do, do end up failing. A lot of them do. A lot of them are still strong and steady. Bitcoin has been there without uh, any drama outside of maybe just transaction speeds or whatever, and it's improving. But then, like, like you said, it's, it's all about um, like evolution, you know, and things are changing really quickly. Um, um, yeah, I, I guess uh, um, one question I do have for you is that we were talking about DAOs. And so um, I think uh, one question I'd really like to know from you is, uh, you know, what does community mean to you? Why are you in the OSDFI Association? What brought you there? You know, what does it mean to you? What do you hope to contribute to it? Where do you think uh, we could go with this? Okay, um, I mean, if, if you know, as people who actually see, I, I'm always in the general category, always saying something or the other. So I'm always involved, right? Because community matters a lot because during probably since 2017, 18, I was trying to find a set of like, you know, community or like-minded individuals to talk about some of the things because it is not like you know something you can talk in you know, at the dinner table with your you know family yeah. because you know talking about nfts DAOs, and things like that it's very foreign concept like you know and then suddenly they will they will put you into that bracket of geeks and you know move across kind of thing right <laughs> especially when you go too too de- details onto it yeah. uh, but then again the communities can be very influential as well in a way good and bad ways like you know in that my journey to like OST5, I've been in groups where there's a lot of max, maximalists in different, different chains, right? So they believe Ethereum is the, the world computer and this is where it's gonna solve it, the various, the Bitcoin and you know, different, different you know, kind of things. So the, suddenly it's, it's turned some of the, the conversation I was in like, you know, telegrams, discords and you know, Twitter their spaces, they're becoming a little bit more like a cult-like behavior. So mm-hmm. they, they mm-hmm. didn't want to like hear anything outside what they were believing in. So mm-hmm. that, that those are the points, you know, I had to like, you know, move on to like another point. Uh, with those DeFi, I see people having different thoughts, different arguments, different belief system all the time, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't see people trying to like, you know, you know, kind of like bottle it down to anyone or, you know, they, they accept some of the things. So that, that whole independent thinking, critical thinking component is there, right? Mm-hmm. So I think if I have a, like, you know, some sort of advice to give like, you know, someone who is like, you know, 20, you know, when I started as career, like a point, I would say the critical thinking is the probably the the biggest thing you need to have, like you know, as an individual, as a maturing individual, 
because we live in a world which is narrative driven like you know people you know say stuff and then we believe it just you know blah 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 so someone has to like you know stop and question those ideas and say hey why did you say that like you know uh, not into like you know confront them but to understand his viewpoint of it mm-hmm. so i think that's something i've seen in the ostify world you know um, there's a great community there um, there's leaders there's followers there's like you know contributors there's listeners everything right so so my 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 thinking in the ostify place uh, the community is to be to be active and like you know to listen to the people's ideas because there is you know collectively we know a lot of things individually we learn to some extent mm. so to enhance myself with other people's ideas and also contribute them with the knowledge that i've acquired over the years so they wouldn't do that same mistake so they can some you know take some of those knowledge and take those into the next level fantastic i i do love what you said about uh critical thinking and the ostifa association being a place where there's a lot of intelligent people a lot of leaders a lot of followers a lot of contributors and then it's just a mix of different voices and they're all there to listen which is amazing um so pd i just want to thank you so much for joining us this was like really interesting there's a lot of really cool conversations in there i feel like the time flew just really quickly uh but the good thing is that i think we will be seeing you again but this time it's in the projects only uh uh chat and i think we'll be learning more about something uh, really interesting that you're you're working on and uh yeah I, i'm really looking forward to that one and uh thank you for joining us Pete. yeah thanks Bill. thanks for having me and look forward to like you know listening and hearing these conversations in the future thank you very much fantastic bye Yes, thanks. Thanks for well.